Pageant Eve on CJSR FM 88.5 in Edmonton and around the world on CJSR.com. My name is Wen Shan. And my name is Rose Eva. And we'll be your hosts for today's episode of Adam and Eve. Thanks for tuning in. Adam and Eve is Edmonton's only feminist news radio show. We are adamant on highlighting, discussing, and engaging with issues that affect women across Edmonton and around the world. On this week's episode, we're going to be featuring Rose Eva's interview with Haley and Kaylee from the Shiverettes when she interviewed them during the Sled Island Music Festival. They've been providing the great music that you've been listening to in the background. But before that, let's meet our new volunteer. Wen, it's really awesome to have you on the team. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, it's great to be on the team as well. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Wen. I'm here, new here to Adam and Eve, and I'm so excited to be more involved in this really cool radio show and to learn more about radio, particularly with interviewing and telling stories. Since this is my first time hosting, I thought I'd share something fun about myself to break the ice a bit. I really enjoy making food from scratch. Last year it was sourdough, but since my starter sadly was overtaken by mold, the next food project I want to tackle are udon noodles. A while back, I watched a video where you step on the dough with your feet, of course hygienically, uh, to get that chewy texture distinctive udon, which is something I would totally get lots of fun out of doing. Getting back on track, I'm looking forward to getting to learn more about feminist issues and I feel this show's medium allows for a really interesting way to hear such diverse feminist topics and perspectives. Since becoming more involved in climate organizing and activism, I'm particularly interested in how women are impacted by climate change. For example, how women in the Global South will disproportionately be impacted in food and water security, education, migration, and how their own voices are often left out of conversations and decisions surrounding the climate crisis. Thank you so much, Wen. It's really wonderful to hear about your passions and to hear about the awesome topics that you're uh, wanting to get into. So I would also love to hear so much about what you have to say about that. Great. I'm so excited. <laughs> so just to let everyone know, though, we're always happy to get new volunteers at Adamant Eve. If you're interested in learning about radio or would like to get a chance to come down and meet the faces behind the radio dial, come to our Adamant Eve social event on Tuesday, September 17th at 6 p.m. at the CGSR station, located in the basement of the Students' Union Building on the University of Alberta campus. Now we have Rose Eva's interview with the Shiverettes. The Shiverettes are a feminist punk band from Calgary, Alberta. Their first album, Dead Men Can't Catcall, was released in 2017. And their latest album, Real Shrill Bitches, was released earlier this year in April of 2019. The four band members are Haley Muir, Kaylee Cormack, Cecilia Schlem, and Steve Richer. Rose Eva sat down with lead singer Haley Muir and Kaylee Cormack on June 22nd at the Sled Island Festival. Haley and Kaylee talk about their new album, and what it means for them to perform at Sled Island. They also discuss their own feminist arts festival that they've created entitled Femwave. And we also get into a discussion about what the term gossip really refers to. Just a warning that there are some words that might be offensive in this interview. The strongest words have been bleeped, but just a reminder that their album is called Real Shrill Bitches, so, you know. 
Also letting folks know that my mic was a bit uh, off during the interview, so there might be some scratching and stuff when I talk, but the important mic that Haley and Kaylee were using is not scratchy, so enjoy what they have to say and do your best to ignore me. Without further ado, let's take a listen to that interview. I'm Kaylee Cormack. I'm from the Chivarettes. And I'm Haley Muir, also from the Chivarettes. That's awesome. Yeah, we caught some of your set yesterday. Cool. And I love the energy at your shows. Like, yeah, would you say, like, you um, work hard to, like, create that energy? Or just kind of happens naturally with the fans that you have? Like... I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I got really nervous about that show last night, uh, which... I don't often, like just like a normal amount of nervous, but I was quite nervous last night. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I personally was just like, I'm going to rip it. Like I just am so stoked to be here and there's so many people here and they're excited and there's people I've never seen before who are like singing along to the song. So it's like, it's both. It's like we bring it and then the crowd gives it back and then it's just this like back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think we've ever really played any low energy shows. We're just like, we're a loud punk band, so we have to have energy. Otherwise, it just seems like this weird uh, disconnect, I think, between the music that we're playing and the stage presence. But yeah, Haley especially is always just super high energy. So I just try to keep up a little bit and <laughs> do my own thing. Uh, but yeah, it's great. We certainly feed off the crowd a lot too. Like the more the crowd's getting into it, then the more we get into it. And last night it was a very high energy crowd. People were super stoked about us. Um, so that gave us a lot of energy and which we needed cause yeah, it's sleds a lot. <laughs> it's hard to get up energy for, for days and days of music. So it was good. I like what you said about female-fronted bands at Sled Island. Do you think there's been like an increase in uh, yeah female bands at Sled Island? Yeah, I mean definitely. I know the organizers of the festival. It's they're very aware of it, and it's intentional on their part to uh, to to do that to have gender parity and race parity and all of that kind of stuff. So like genre diverse, but all of the other equitable inter- intersections too. And so yeah, I think. There's been an increase over the years, which is probably both intentional programming on the festival side and just we are, there are more of us now. Um, it's taking time as it does, but, you know, representation on stage. When you see yourself on stage, then it's like, cool, I'm going to do that too. I want to start a band. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I, I know that they, the, the festival organizers, that's a big thing for them. I think uh, the work that they do with curators, too, has a lot to do with it. Like, I don't remember what year it was, but they had Kathleen Hanna curate maybe four years ago or so. And I feel like ever since then, that's kind of brought a lot more women and um, female-fronted acts and just, yeah, women in music, basically. Because that really kind of put a spotlight on it. Like, oh, cool, we're this, like, feminist uh, festival and we're paying attention to gender parity and, and, yeah, just kind of equity in the arts. And so that's... I think made a lot of space for it and like this year they've got Julian Baker so you know again like a very powerful woman that you've got helping to curate the festival and then so the bands that she's picking are for the most part uh, women playing music which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah and speaking of like seeing yourself represented and starting out uh, do you have any like 
do can you think of like a moment where you saw someone on stage and you're like I want to do that like yeah big time um (laughs) I like I've always played guitar a little bit like just very shitty acoustic three chord guitar playing um and then I went to North by Northeast which is uh in Toronto in I don't know like 2011 2012 something like that and I saw this band Littlefoot Longfoot um and they're like not a well-known band at all, but it's at that time it was two women and female fronted obviously. And she was just shredding on guitar. And I remember watching the band and just being like, Fuck, I need to do this. Like, I can't sit here and watch this anymore. I love music and like, I'm so obsessed with it and I can't stop thinking about it. And now it's like, oh yeah, I need to do it. I can't just be in the audience anymore. Um, and so like got on a flight back to Calgary and like, a couple days later signed up for guitar lessons and started practicing all the time started jamming with people and and then it just kind of went from there but like yeah it was just this like pivotal moment of like oh yeah no I can do this it's not just going to shows and like at that time I was writing about it for Beatroot and you know participating in the music scene in that way but it was like this pivotal moment of no I need to be on stage and I need to do this it was cool yeah. no interestingly enough I don't I don't have that moment I've been going to shows for a long time went to a lot of all ages shows when I was a kid and it was dudes 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 everywhere Um, and so I just never really thought about it Um, and then I don't know some friends of mine were just jamming and I was like cool I'm in your band now but no I don't have that that moment which is okay because I think now we get to be that for other people so hopefully bit about like yeah how you got your start in music so how did the Shiverette specifically how did that come together so I was in a band previous to the Shiverettes just like a drunk dumb punk band it was super fun um greased my wheels on that a little bit and then that band fell apart and uh 2012 I was going through some heavy life things um 2012 2013 well, 2012 was going through things. Um, and at some point, I just hit this po- moment where I was like, I, w- I have stuff that I want to say. Like, I just, I want to write some stuff and I want to play some music and just have some fun. I want it to be all women because I'm so mad at men right now. Um, but I didn't really know any. I didn't, there wasn't anybody in my immediate circle. <clears throat> um, but I had also worked at Beetroot and I knew Kaylee from afar. <laughs> and just thought she seemed so cool <laughs> and uh just was like I want to be your friend too and like I don't know how to do it whatever uh and then I knew that she was playing music with some people and jamming and doing whatever uh so I think I just like sent you a text or an email or something and I was like hey do you want to like be in a band with me and play some music and I said yes. <laughs> I think I like panicked at first because I hadn't been writing music at that point. Like I had been playing some covers and yeah, jamming with some other people, but just playing um, m- music written by men, really. <laughs> um, so it was like, well, I don't know how to write, but sure, let's let's give that a go. Um, and I had uh, a couple people that I was jamming with, just kind of like in my condo doing like acoustic covers, and I had met this one really rad 
person uh, that played bass. So I was like, yeah, why don't we ask them? Maybe maybe they can jam with us. And they joined Jess Palmer. Uh, and then I think Jess knew CJ. And so, yeah, next thing you know, we had this, like, four uh, female non-binary band going. And, and I was writing music, and I didn't know how, and I had no clue what I was doing. So that's why we're a punk band. <laughs> it's when you don't know how to write music very well, you just write punk. But yeah, it was it was cool. It's it scared the it scared the heck out of me. <laughs> but it was it was a challenge, and I wanted to take it on, and it's been life changing. So yeah, five six years later now, we're like the best of friends, and have started a festival together, and are just yeah gonna write music together for the rest of our lives probably. It's cool. Ooh, started a festival. Can you uh, give a shout out to that? Yeah, uh, we started a festival called Femwave. Um, Femwave, it's a feminist arts festival. And so we hadn't been doing our band for very long, but just kind of noticed the lack of equity in music and the lack of women out there. And then we were like, well, let's put a show together and let's just kind of showcase some of these bands that have women in them and be really cool. And we'll get all of us together in a room and it'll be like empowering and wonderful to, to do that. And then people in the scene kind of heard about it and we're like, well, we want to we want to build on that. We want to help you out. And we had a friend that does comedy and she was like, well, it's the same thing in comedy. Like, it's just all dudes running, running the, the comedy scene. So, like, can I do a comedy show at it? And we we're like, yeah. Uh, and then we started talking to visual artists and filmmakers and hey, it turns out the patriarchy dominates all forms of art. Shocker. Uh, so yeah, so it went from what was supposed to be just like a music show into a four day multidisciplinary festival in just like a few months. And now this November will be the fifth year that we're doing it and it's like a nonprofit organization and it's, it's, it's very much needed and it's important and it's given us a lot of meaning I think in in the work that we're doing and in our fight for feminism and for equality and it's it's a great outlet and it's changing people's lives which is so cool um I don't know not to like take credit for that but it's just I think important to have this thing that's bringing all these people together and providing a space for them and yeah we've just seen like careers kind of take off after playing Femwave and we've seen bands get formed after coming to Femwave and it's it's really cool. I was having a conversation about this with somebody the the other day about how you know the beautiful things that come from adversity and the struggles that people have alone, and then when you get into a group where you're like you two, you two, you two, well let's do it then. I'm not alone. You're not alone. Uh, we all face similar struggles and different struggles and can learn and grow together and just support each other. Um, Femwave is a funny thing because it's like ours, but it's not ours, right? It's like we figure it out and like coordinate stuff and like get other people to help out and, and put this thing on and have titles at the thing or whatever, but it's not, it's not about us. It's not ours. It belongs to everybody who shows up and everybody who tirelessly works behind the scenes uh, to make it happen and we get incredible feedback from people who are like I've been going to shows forever or I stopped going to shows or I stopped doing these things because I didn't feel like it was for me and I didn't feel comfortable and I had issues and you know social anxiety and PTSD and all of these things and so they weren't able to participate in these spaces and have these like beautiful artistic experiences um, and so we get feedback that's like that was the first time ever 
that I felt like I didn't have to look over my shoulder the whole night. Um, and like what a huge revelation that is in any person's day or life or whatever to just know that it's like, now we gotcha. Like, it's cool. Whatever your thing is, uh, it's all good. Um, come out because, you know, music, art, film, any kind of artistic discipline, it's for everybody, you know, and it doesn't belong to uh, a certain individual. It doesn't belong to an organization. It doesn't belong to men. It doesn't belong to anybody individually. Um, it's it's for everybody. So it's FemWave's changed my life uh, in the way that I see other people and the way that I see community and the importance of it and the importance of accountability and um, showing up and walking the proverbial walk. Yeah. Uh, it's it's been cool to kind of see like the ripple effect that it's had too. Um, like we learned a lot from Not Enough Fest, which is a festival in Edmonton. Uh, we went to that festival and learned a lot about creating safer spaces and how to you know make shows accessible for all various identities. And so we took a lot from that and have used that to shape what FemWave does. And then it's really cool doing that here. And then we're consulting. I mean informally consulting. I'm doing quotes. Um, with like a lot of festivals here and we we talk with sled island and we kind of tell them you know how we're doing what we're doing and what they could do and we talk to them about that and we talk to lots of other festivals and arts organizations in the city and we're all kind of working together now and it's really cool to see a lot of organizations and a lot of venues and bookers and promoters wanting to do that and make that space um and i think having FemWave start that here kind of empowered people to be like, oh yeah, we can do that too. And we need to do that. Um, and so we're going to do what we can and keep learning and keep trying to make those spaces better and safer for everybody. Um, and we're always pushing and trying to make that better, but it's cool to see other arts, arts organizations doing that as well. Um, and, and it's nice that we can help them with that, which is really cool. loved your first album uh dead men can't cat call love that song i'm so glad you played it last night yeah um yeah i guess can you kind of like explain that song like the inspiration for that song yeah i don't really know i remember the first line in that song uh, i saw you coming from a mile away i knew you were gonna ruin my day i remember i was in edmonton i was at the buckingham when i was watching some other bands or waiting and just that line came into my head where I was like, oh, that's funny. I am going, and it was like just the one line and a note on my phone. And I was like, saving that for later, gonna stretch it out. And then Kaylee wrote a great guitar riff. And I was like, oh my God, this is, I remember saying to my uh, partner at the time, I was like, yeah, oh my God. And then in the chorus, I'm like, I go dead men can't cat call. And then I go dead mama man can't cat call. And it's so stupid. And he was like, that's brilliant. Like, that's so much fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And there was, there was some like patches and, you know, embroidery things going around at the time. Uh, one specific one that said dead men can't cat call. And uh, yeah, and we just went for it. Yeah. Yeah, it just, I don't know, it just sort of happened. I don't remember how you came up with it exactly. I don't remember how the song got written exactly. It just, just happened. And it was great. In the studio too. Like pretty much while we were recording that record, that song like fleshed itself out. It was a cool day. It was cool. We knew, we knew when we wrote it that it was like, oh, this is, this is the hit. (laughs) 
And then I'm wondering if you ever get any like negative reaction to that, you know, if it like being hit, like do, does any, do you ever get any like complaints or anything about that? Or in general, I don't think so. Um, I don't know what it is about us, but I think that people know we don't care (laughs) if you have a problem with it. Uh, I think the like, I do get questions every once in a while where people are like, oh yeah, like that, like dead men can't catcall. Like, what does that mean? And I'm like, exactly what it says. Uh, Also, Google, go. I, I, this is not my job. Listen to the record. You'll figure it out. It's pretty easy. Um, We're loud and we push and, uh, especially like within the context of the band we go hard with some stuff and like we feel pretty confident and draw some pretty hard lines and have pretty high standards about certain things and I think that pushes people away a little bit here and there and we've definitely had some um issues yeah it's a nice way to put it (laughs) we have venues that won't work with us or we won't work with them I'm not sure which came first um when they called us cunts, that's what came first. I know you can't probably air that, but uh, that that came first. Yeah, I had written Dead Man Can't Catcall on my amp, and we played a show in town, and uh, an unnamed owner of an unnamed venue in town, uh, I guess, called us uppity bitches and said, I saw what that immature cunt had written on her amp. And I was like, oh, all right, fuck you, you're canceled. Um, so we don't play there anymore. And this was years ago. Um, but we, we don't go there. We don't play there. And we try to tell as many people as we can about it in a way that keeps us safe and, you know, isn't putting our ass on the line too much. Um, but also, like, people need to know that this is how venues feel about us voicing our opinions. So, yeah, that was, that was some weird kickback on that one. And I remember we played, like, a Calgary tourism thing a while ago and they made this video for us and it was really cool and it got posted on YouTube and it just kind of reached like a different audience than we normally reach Um, and so there was some comments on that I can't remember specifically what but there was definitely some crotchety old men like up in nowhere Alberta that were like look at these I think they might have called us shrill that might be where shrill came from it was like this shrill voice on this woman and what they said something really violent feel like I have entirely forgotten this I'm like really (laughs) tell me more um yeah there was some there was some stuff now that you're saying it I'm like oh yeah right blocked that one out yeah I think we like we get kickback for sure but I think we have to block it out a lot of the time we don't remember on it we try not to dwell on it because otherwise we're not going to keep doing what we're doing so yeah it happens from time to time um just take it back yeah like we reclaim it it's like if you're gonna jump on a YouTube video or whatever and like insult try to insult us or harass us or whatever and call us shrill or uppity or whatever then guess what the next album's called real shrill bitches yeah because we are and we are allowed to be um yeah we're mad we should be mad uh we're loud we're hard we're shrill and the people saying that it's like you you made us that way like you pushing us we're gonna push back like you know, we don't take any shit, um, which I think, not I think, which is threatening for a lot of people. Um, and those, I know that those, those comments and those things and that pushback from other people or venues or whatever is because they're threatened because 
women being loud and ragey on stage is so threatening to every single like structure that they know um and we're ruining it for them (laughs) well and we know a lot of people too right so like yeah not only is it threatening but then we tell our friends and they tell their friends and so on and so on and yeah like it's we, we pose a threat against these people and like yeah you can't get away with saying that kind of thing to women in the music community anymore guess what guys it's 2019 i mean this was 2015 probably when it happened but yeah you don't get to do that anymore and we're going to call you out on it and we're going to tell our friends about it and you're going down and the telling your friends, I think that's the difference too, is like, you know, what they would call like gossip, but it's like, no, when does gossip become like actually like keeping people safe, like information that people need to know so that they can be safe in their lives? Gossip is a word that men say to stop women from talking to each other and warning each other and protecting each other and communicating with each other. And like, yeah, sometimes it's just gossip. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, uh, doesn't necessarily come from a positive place. And we're all human. We all succumb to those feelings. But yeah, the it's like, you know, clucking hands and a hen coop and like gossip and like women talking and whatever. That's just a, another way to like box us in and shut us up. And uh, it's not gossip. It's just you did something bad and I'm telling someone so that you don't do it to them. It's survival. It's survival. Yeah. We're doing it to keep each other safe. We're talking to each other, not to just spread rumors and just to talk shit about people, but to keep each other safe and to keep each other out of danger it, like it's a necessity for survival yeah anything else that like in the future that you're looking for the Chivarettes, for family, for yourself? Like, where do you see uh, the project of this going? Yeah, we just, um, last Sunday we were at a, an auction, a silent auction, and it was a fundraiser for MS, and the guy that we recorded our last album with was auctioning off a day in the studio, and we bought it. So, I guess we're going to record again. <laughs> we don't have anything written, but it was good. It was like, no, let's buy this, and then we have to do it. We, it'll it'll kind of motivate us to do some work and write some music. So, at some point, we'll, we'll record again. I don't know if it'll be a full length, or we might just do an EP or something. But, yeah, we're going to keep writing. And, uh, yeah, I think touring's like a big thing. We really just want to spread our feminist gospel all over the world. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Same with FemWave. We're all over the place. FemWave November 7th through 10th. Um, It's going to be really great. We're going to launch, announce our lineup on September 6th. And we've got some really great artists that we're really excited to have. Um, So yeah, find FemWave, find Shiverettes, support uh, campus and community radio. And that concludes this week's episode of Adam and Eve, Edmonton's only feminist news program. We produce this week's show in the studios of CGSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta, on Treaty 6 territory. We are grateful to be in Miskwichiwiskaigan, the traditional territory of the diverse indigenous peoples of this land, including the Nehio, Nitsitape, Metis, Nakota, Iroquois, Dene, Ojibwe, Soto, and Anishinaabe, Inuit, 
and many others whose histories, languages, and cultures continue to influence our vibrant community. Thank you so very much today to Haley and Kaylee from the Shiverettes for their interview. We also wanted to let you know about a social event that Adamant Eve is hosting. For anyone that is interested in knowing more about Feminist Radio, come join us for an Adamant Eve social. Swing by CJSR headquarters, located in the basement of Sub, on Tuesday, September 17th from 6 to 8 p.m. All are welcome. This is a free event where drinks and light refreshments will be provided. See you there, Adamant Evers. Adamant Eve is a spoken word project of CJSR 88.5 in Edmonton, Alberta. And our journalism is funded by you, the listeners. For more information on our program and to send us any feedback, please contact us on our Facebook page under Adamant Eve or tweet at us Adamant Eve, all one word. Thank you very much for tuning in. We've been your hosts, Rose Eva and Wen. Have a great Adamant evening.